The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. In the year 1708, when Douglas was a fishing village with about only 800 people living there, the first St. Matthew's Church was their centre of worship. But the smuggling trade began to turn Douglas into a boom town, and the population swelled to nearly 3,000 people, and it was decided that St. Matthew's was inadequate for their spiritual well-being and the building of St. George's Church was decided upon, high on a hill outside the town, overlooking the harbour, and actually in the parish of Braddon at the time. It was the town's gentry, many of whom profited handsomely from the smuggling, who were behind it, and they began to raise the necessary money by public subscription. By 1761 they had £712, enough to start work. But after four years this money ran out, and work stopped, and nothing more happened for the next eleven years. But in time, it made a comeback. This time a sum of £800 was raised, and from 1776 onwards the work was pushed ahead with a will, until it was completed and the new church could be consecrated on September the 29th, 1781. The people of Douglas were filled with pride in their new church for all that its architecture and design were decidedly functional. But its size was the important thing. It had room for 1,300 people. There were fine embellishments to come from the rich. The Duke of Athol is credited with the donation of a splendid silver communion service made by a silversmith in London. There was also a stained-glass window funded by the ever-generous Henry Bloom Noble. Indeed, St. George's was considered to be good enough to be the island's pro-cathedral for many years. As for paying off building work debts, a charge of 25 guineas was made for those prepared to pay for a first-class pew, and 15 guineas for a second-class one. But perhaps the greatest pride of St. George's was its organ. It was the one from which Handel had conducted the first performance of the Messiah which took place in Dublin on April 13, 1742. It was the first organ to be installed in any church in the Isle of Man, and it was through one of the St. George's trustees that it was acquired from the Dublin Assembly Hall in 1778. It enriched the musical life of the Isle of Man, and people from all over the island would make their way into Douglas to listen to it. Meanwhile, as Douglas continued to develop rapidly, St. George's no longer stood in splendid isolation upon its hilltop. It became an urban rather than a rural place of worship. But it maintained its position central to church life in the Isle of Man. It was the place for great occasions, and for the funerals of the great and the good who are today interred in the churchyard. It was also the place for grimmer occasions in the history of Douglas. In 1832 and 1833 the town was devastated by successive cholera outbreaks, and at St. George's today you will find an open, grassy space set aside from the rest of the churchyard, on which there stands nothing more than a simple wooden cross. This marks the mass grave of nearly sixty cholera victims. They were buried there, at dead of night, without any kind of ceremony, 
the burial work lit by lanterns hanging from the surrounding trees. It must have been an eerie scene. The churchyard also has the grave of the nurse Nellie Brennan, heroine of the cholera outbreaks, now seen as the Isle of Man's Florence Nightingale. You know, even if you're not a church girl, St George's is well worth a visit. <laughs>